Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. Um, I'm off to um, Chile uh, with Rally International. I'm doing an expedition with them. Um, basically, um, I wanted to do something constructive um, in my gap here rather than, um, I mean, uh, I could do quite a lot of work, but I thought this was a, a bit more of a way of um, making, uh, trying to help people out and um, meet a whole range of other different people from um, different countries and at the same time uh, helping people um, in remote areas of Chile. I basically, I, uh, I raised the money. Um, I organised a water polo match and got sponsors and um, basically uh, did the money that way. And I also raised money for a disadvantaged person to come on the, um, to come on the expedition with me. How much did you raise? Um, I raised myself about five and a half thousand pounds. And did your father chip in as well? Um, you might have helped slightly. <laughs> Not very much, though. Uh, You've been all the bloody time. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where we also look down on people who throw public fits in libraries. Yes. No one should throw a fit in a library. Don't yell at somebody in a library. No. Library is like the sweetest place on earth. Yeah. No, nothing bad can happen in a library. Mm. Well, I mean, something Did you watch you? (laughs) I know. I was going to say. Oh, that was a bookstore. That was a bookstore. bookstore, But still, um, yeah. 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 I mean, Mm -hmm. the the library can be where Mrs. White White kills you with a pipe. That's true. Colonel Mustard could choke you out in the library. That's right. (laughs) Choke you out. Having just, I'm doing a very casual rewatch of Six Feet Under and just watched mm. the episode where um, the guy died of autoerotic asphyxiation. So choking mm-hmm. you out has a whole other meaning for mm-hmm. me in, in my brain. Mm-hmm. 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 I am Amy and I'm here with my friend Amanda, who hopefully I will be meeting in person very soon. Yes. One day. You can do it. One day. I could do it. I could do you it. You can do it. We'll have cocktails. It'll be fine. 
if you only knew how social I used to be, like I, I would be out all the time. Same. It's really strange. I don't strange. know what's happened to me. I know. I used to, I used to have a plan like almost every night. Yeah. I used to do have you- to decide to not do things, like to hold space. And now it's like, oh, do I have to? Do you think it? Do you think it is a an after effect, if you will, of the pandemic? I do, I do. I think, I think a lot of this can be, you know, inertia works either way, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if you're in this pattern of going out all the time and being really social, it's just self reinforcing. Then yeah. we stopped, so then we have the inertia of not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And getting started again is hard. We were forced to all slow down. Like, we wouldn't have done that on our own. Literally, you just were told True. you had to stay home. True. And everything. I love out. being in my house. Mm-hmm. I'm never bored. Mm-hmm. I don't feel lonely, even when my kids are gone and Timmy's gone. Or like, I, I never feel lonely. Okay. I don't know. I just, I really thrive just being in my house. <laughs> By yourself. <laughs> yes. I feel like our, uh, not to get too much into this, but I feel like. The social lives of people have changed in a way because I was thinking about this. Like, I'm always like, I don't really have a lot of real life friends that I spend quality time with, but here I am connecting with you. Right. Multiple hours a week. We're talking several hours a week. Mm -hmm. I connect with Steph several hours a week. I'm getting that. Yep. I'm getting that connection that Mm -hmm. I need. Mm-hmm. it's just in a different way. So why does it have to be in a bar? You know I, what I mean? Or I, why does it have to be somewhere else? I spend more social time with you at this point than anyone else other than my husband. Yeah. And I like it. I like it too. I'm like, the best time. I will be honest. I think if I didn't have the podcast. Yeah. I would be going a little squirrely. Although I'm, you know, I always have my writing always. Yeah. And that's a great creative outlet for me. And I always, I, just as an artistic person, I never understand boredom because I'm never bored. Because mm. I'm always like, well, I could sit down and work on my book or I could do this or I could do that. But right. how, I don't know. Outside of your job, because you write for your job, mm-hmm. how much do you, how much of your own writing do you do, say, every week? Zero. Oh, okay. So my writing goes in spurts. It always has. Okay. Like I will give it hell for like six months working okay. on a book or something. And I won't write for a year. Oh, wow. Like, I might write, like, a poem here or there. Right. But I feel like I'm doing, I'm scratching that itch by writing a lot for the podcast. It's sure. giving me a chance to be creative. Even right. though it's, like, total trash. Yeah. It's- <laughs> hey, listen, when I'm putting together, when I'm editing together that Cody Brown intro with the fight, so that's good. I'm expelling a lot of my creative juices. Of course. Of course. And finding the right clip and everything and capturing the water being poured out. Yes. Like I still feel like I'm creating content mm-hmm. in a weird way. Are. Yeah. You are. Um, and content. of course, now that I'm working as a writer, I'm doing that a lot. Right. So you, you have to write all the time regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm always the person who I'm not a like a methodical writer. Like I'm not like, okay, I'm going to draft this out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I just, it just spills out of me. Oh, wow. And I have to play around to fix it. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You just get it out of your head and then Mm -hmm. you do some editing Mm -hmm. and clean up and all that. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. All right. So are we ready to move on to The Crown season six, episode seven, Alma Mater. Alma Mater. Which is a great phrase. 
Mm-hmm. I enjoy that word. I enjoy it. This, now, how do you feel about this episode? Because we were saying that the last episode, we were like, eh. I liked that. I mean, I like getting to know Kate and his school experience and all of that. I am somewhat uncomfortable <laughs> with 12 year old Harry Bartender. With, well, there's that 12 year old Harry Bartender for sure. But I'm also sort of uncomfortable with the narrative that they're spinning that it was very calculated for Kate to wind up with William. Yes. Yes. And I tried, I wanted that to be my historical moment. Like is Kate's mom, some kind of mini version of Queen Elizabeth, like just deciding who marries who. Right. But there were different accounts of that. Like I Mm. really couldn't find that. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I thought it was really weird. Yeah. I, we don't know. It made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like an arranged marriage situation. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But like Mm -hmm. a tricked arranged marriage. Yeah, and if you're going to arrange me a marriage, don't make it with William. Well, then again, he is the monarch. I keep thinking of England. (laughs) Yeah, but she does bring home this really cute, floppy-haired poet that I'm like, he's the one. He's the one. But she and William do seem happy. Yeah. They make great great looking little kids. Their kids are beautiful. I agree. Yes. All right. So we open and it's Christmas time and 15-year-old Kate Middleton wants to dress conservatively for a Christmas party, but mom wants her to slut it up. She's like, you got to be taunting the boys. You got to be showing those legs, flashing some ass, showing your nipples, doing everything. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, mom. (laughs) Showing your nipples. Wow, that's... that's Mad living a little bit, okay? Of course. Of course. Okay. So it's December 1996, and they run into Princess Di and Wills, I love to call him Wills now, selling some magazine on the street, yeah. as you do. As you do. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it was some charity thing. It was a charity thing. Yeah. Kate has a moment with him, like, oh, let's touch our hands together as I'm grabbing your U.S. Weekly. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and she runs home to cut pics of Wills out of her magazine and stick them to her wall. As you do. As you, As you do. That, that actually tracked for me completely. What's the, like, who is, I don't know how to phrase this. What celebrity have you met that you were most, like, verklempt? No, it's not the right word. Flustered. Mm. by. Okay. Like, hotness level. Like, you met somebody and you were like, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind that I'm meeting this person. Bill Clinton. Oh, I met Bill Clinton as well. Bill Clinton. His, yeah, I was so, like, no, no, no. Hillary is from Scranton. Her oh, grandmother yes, is from yes, Scranton. Yes, I forgot about that. And her grandmother lived two houses down from where my gram lived. Oh, so wow. when she died, they had her mass at the church on my gram street. And they came down in the motorcade and they got out and they shook hands and everybody was lined on the streets. It was really yeah, cool. That is yeah. cool. Yeah. I drove in Bill Clinton's motorcade in 1996. <gasps> you hussy. What were you doing in that motorcade? Uh, I drove a van that had the nurse that travels with the president. Oh, okay. At one point. okay. And then I switched vans and I wound up in a van with my friend, John. And <laughs> were you in a van then with the Unabomber? <laughs> no Unabomber was involved. Lots of senators though. Okay. Um, and secretary of transportation, I believe mm. like had a FEMA was there. Like it was big people. So there was a flood in Northern Washington and Southern Washington and Northern Oregon in okay. Valentine's Day of 1996. And so Bill Clinton was coming with the, well, we're giving you FEMA money. Yeah. 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 All will Throw be some okay. paper towels at people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
And my friend John had just worked on Ron Wyden's campaign mm. who replaced um, Bob Packwood when he got kicked out for having an affair. Yep. And so they were just looking for people to drive in that motorcade because obviously these things happen like all of a sudden. There's no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not like there's days of planning. And so John's like, I know we were going to go to the coast tomorrow, but do you want to um, drive in Bill Clinton's motorcade? I was like, oh, I think I can pencil that okay. in. Yeah. yeah. And so we drove. It was it was amazing. And at the end, we all got to um, have a handshake and a fo- official White House photo taken with Bill Clinton. I'll have to That's find cool. it in the group. That's it was cool. great. Um, did you run home and cut out pictures of him and stick them on your billboards? On I your bulletin did not. Boards? I did, however, say to him, happy Valentine's Day, Mr. President. And please wish Hillary happy Valentine's Day for me as well. Okay. He said, yes, he would. Little did I know this was right in the middle of when he was stooping Monica. Oh, okay. Well, you know, so you didn't know. That. Didn't know. You didn't know. Didn't know. Um, fun fact. Yes. I once wrote Ronald Reagan a fan letter. <laughs> Excuse me, what? I got an autographed picture of him on a horse back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to understand. Okay, let me take you back. My gob, it is smacked. Go on. Let me take you back to 1984. Yes. I am seven. Okay. My dad works for the Defense Department. Okay. We literally go from... Having zero money, living in a one-bedroom apartment, two-bedroom apartment. Right. To my dad having a decent union wage-paying job, Mm -hmm. but that was contingent on the federal budget every year. Right. So we would be constantly wanting Reagan to be in office because then my dad would have a job. Got it. See how that went? See how that That went? That makes sense then. Yes. So little Amy was little brainwashed Amy (laughs) being told that Reagan was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I, I wanted to write President Reagan a letter. So I did. It's ironic given the, sh- given the shirt you're currently wearing. Yeah. That's my dark past I, okay. as a Reagan Reaganite. Okay. Wow. Okay. Trickle down right. economics, Amy. That was your thing. <laughs> seven-year-old Amy really believed it. How, how did seven-year-old Amy deal with Iran contract? <laughs> I actually remember that whole thing. I, I remember watching that. It was wild. And I, I will just say this. Not to belabor the point, but then in 1992, right? That was when Clinton got elected, correct? correct. No, 88, Bush. 88 was And then Bush. 92 was Clinton. Yep. Um, I will never forget my dad voting for Clinton. And then two years later, he got laid off, which was catastrophic for our family financially. And I always thought that that was an interesting and brave choice on his front, that he went in the voting booth. And because he agreed more with Clinton socially... Right. He voted for him rather than to protect his own interests and yeah. it really cost him. And he doesn't yeah. regret it. Yeah. Well, so, good. That's, yeah. that's I thought that was yeah. interesting. And it kind of taught me something, I feel sure. like. Yeah. At absolutely. the time. Like there are sometimes more important things. Than- right. Than your own personal interests. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, Kate has a moment. We said this. She sticks the pictures on her wall. Now Kate's mom comes in and she gives her this little pep talk. And she's like, listen here, girl. I was a lonely stewardess and uh, your dad's family was like friends with the crown and dad was in the Royal Air Force or his dad was in the Royal Air Force with Philip. He had flown with Prince Philip. I got real lucky. Then I started the family business and I started making some mad cash. Right. And then I realized your dad should be lucky to be with me. So don't ever think that you are not worth 
marrying this prince right here that you have up on your board. Now, where was my mother giving me pep talks like this when I had Axl Rose on my board or Janie (laughs) Lane or whoever? (laughs) Tommy Lee. Maybe because you had those people, your mother did not give you that speech (laughs) specifically. Why didn't my mother ever say, Amy, if you want to marry Tommy Lee, you can do that. You can achieve that. Oh, me because he was like 30 and I was like 12. Oh, there's that. All right. Leaked porn tape probably didn't help your case either. (laughs) Going out on a limb. So now it's 1999. It's three years later. And we see Will at a rave and he has to do some press the next day. And he is tired, Mm -hmm. hungover, tired. Harry is out there. He's hating on all the reporters. Harry doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I don't want to be here. Will has to go out there, though. It's his 18th birthday. He's telling everyone, you know, just leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) I don't know what was happening when I took these notes. Very 18 year old. (laughs) Leave me the fuck alone. He says, (laughs) he basically (laughs) says, I want everyone to leave me the fuck alone while I'm in university. he says he's considering edinburgh right and kate's mom is watching with her mouth agape yes she's like we're going to edinburgh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now will's at home with the family and he's opening up his university exams and Mm -hmm. you know granny can't hear anything this is what i'm saying like queen mom's like what's going on what's going on margaret's like shut the fuck up (laughs) what has happened here much like Robin Brown, just stick a mirror under her occasionally, make sure she's still breathing. It's fine. Okay. So Margaret goes, somebody shoot her. That's what she said about Queen Mom. I'm like, oh my God. So Wills gets like an A, a B, and a C. And then Harry gives him some condoms and makes some real vulgar jokes. This is where I have a problem with the characterization of Harry. Me too. Did he do some wild shit? Yes. Is all of that yeah. okay? Yes. yes. Was he this kind of an asshole? I, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't want to think so. I don't want to think so. And he was 15 so, then. Yeah. So Will yeah. William announces that he's going to St. Andrews, but he's taking a gap year. And in that mm. gap year, he's going to be traveling to places like Botswana and Chile. And we literally see him, like they overdid this. We literally yes. see him cleaning toilets. Right, okay. and living on the, mm-hmm. the you know, the plains mm-hmm. or whatever. It was it was a bit much. Then we see him at St. Andrews, and he has a bodyguard with him. And even in school, girls are, like, flocking to him, asking him for autographs. Remember, these are the same girls who wrote a letter saying that his bod was on tight. <laughs> <laughs> After his They're mother grown died. Up now. They're ready. <laughs> oh, no. So I wrote, oh, Kate is there also. They're in art history class together. I didn't see this coming. Right. Because I don't know much about William and Kate. Like, I just don't know much about it. I have not followed it. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know they met in college, though. No, I didn't know this. So now Will and his bros are chilling and they see Kate. And Will has her number because they're in the same class. Then later we see him on the phone with Harry, who's like, you need to bang your way through university. Like, what are you doing? See, see, I can interpret teenagers well, I feel like. Yes, you can. You can. I want to check one question, though. So yes. they said during the art history class that, you know, like in the syllabus was everyone's phone number mm-hmm. and stuff. Did they put his in there? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, are, are we willy-nilly handing out 
William's phone number. I bet he has like a burner phone for school. He might. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something. I thought that was interesting. Like, yes, he obviously has a bodyguard with him all the time. Sort of like a, if a president's kid goes to college, they have a secret service person with them all the time. I get that. Um, And they, and generally speaking, people in those roles, like leave the kids alone to let them go be kids. Yeah. Just keeping them safe. Unlike the teenagers who recognize Diana and Dodie and attack them in Monte Carlo, right. teenagers aren't supposed to really care about shit like this. No. They don't care about royals. No. They just don't. So he's not, like I said, Harry's like, you need to bang your way through university. What are you doing? You can't let me down. And this inspires Will to start attending some parties. <laughs> and now we see him. He's out at these parties. He's making out with some chick. He takes her back to his room. Then they, they're seeing each other for a little bit. And Katie even sees them making out in the street. So we have this, this like, setup of Kate, the lonely, like, hardworking waitress slinging dishes in a restaurant. She looks out and William's, right. like, making out with this princess in, the, like, in the road, ah. in the rain. Yeah. So even though Will is dating this princessy girl, mm-hmm. he has eyes for Kate. Yeah, he does. He's got eyes on Kate. Mm-hmm. So Seems now, like everyone has eyes on Kate. Yes. Yeah. And she is beautiful. She's stunning. She's now, stunning. Now, I want to say something. Okay. Although, I have a little note here that they really kind of make Kate seem like she is from a lower class family. Mm-hmm. She's not. No. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. But she's not a royal, so that's... She's, she's not a royal, but yeah. she's not hurting. No. Here, I have it here. Although the princess was technically a commoner prior to marrying Prince William, she comes from a wealthy family. The Middletons own a popular party supply business called Party Pieces, and their shared net worth is about $50 million. So they're okay. They're doing fine. They're doing okay. It's fine. (laughs) So now William goes to the library for a few books for the art class, and Kate, of course, has already taken up Peter Morgan. Come on. Come on. Get it together. Kate's already signed them out, so now he has to find Kate. Right. Do better. Mm -hmm. He sees her in the library, heads over to talk, and she's like, here, just take my essay and copy it. Who gives a fuck about copyright Mm -hmm. infringement or plagiarism? (laughs) Who cares? How much did that enrage the college professor still inside? Yeah, I was like, real nice, Kate. So they discover that Kate is one room over him, and God only knows what she's been hearing. Right. Because he's banging his way through university. (laughs) Right. She tells him that she was in Chile doing the same expedition that he was. This is getting, this is getting weird. Mm-hmm. Now Lola, the girlfriend, the princessy one that he's been making out with on the street, heads over and she interrupts them. And it's all aggro. And it's oh, weird. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck you doing here? Who's this? Why are you talking to this bitch? Like, yeah, it's yeah. real weird. Yeah. And, the and he's three like, them- uh, we have art history together. <laughs> the I mean, three of them are... Anymore, but- arguing and the librarian tries to shush them like mm-hmm. every proper librarian should mm-hmm. yep and will yells at her he's like shut the fuck up do you know like you know, okay maybe he doesn't do that but he's like leave me alone leave right. me alone oh my god and kate's like wow that was like ragey and weird mm-hmm. and i'm leaving now mm-hmm. it wasn't a good look for him Mm-mm. so now raisin weekend is a big first year thing and Will doesn't want to go, but his bros are hassling him. Why aren't you going? Kate's going to be there. She, you know, she might be in a bikini. Who knows? And we <laughs> learn that around he, in a bikini. <laughs> we learn that he's, I don't, once again, I don't know how bros talk or think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they want to go back to the showers. Like, 
like they did at Eaton. Oh, God. Eaton, that hotbed of homosexuality. <laughs> so we learn that he has broken up with Lola. And he's going to go out to Balmoral to hunt with the family instead of going this raisin weekend. So they're out there in this like pastoral scene and they're, you know, hunting and killing shit and whatever they're doing. And Will and Harry start drinking and one of the bros calls and he's like, you're, you're missing out, dude. Kate mm-hmm. is here. Uh, she's getting hit on from all sides. <laughs> it's like the hottest piece of ass ever. <laughs> I almost said from Arlington, Texas or wherever. <laughs> That's what I was going to say to she and Kevin. <laughs> so Will gets back to school and he sees Kate literally walking with an adorable boyfriend. Right. And the ball's on this guy, William, mm-hmm. to just go up to her and be like, oh, excuse, excuse me, I'm going to Prince here for a second. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. He's I, like... I am- I am third and I'm second in line for the throne. Yeah, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> fuck off. Right. And he says, I'm sorry. I behaved like an asshole. I'm done with Lola. And this boyfriend is like, um, excuse can we me. move on here? <laughs> she, my girlfriend. Yes. Yes. Okay. So at home for the holidays, Will is like, guess what guys? I don't love college. Mm-hmm. Not, not digging it. Not digging it. The art history program just isn't quite doing it for him. And then Harry spills the beans that Will has some trouble with his love life. Yeah, it's really about the ladies for him. It's not, it's not our history. Harry is like a ball of hormones. Oh, I know. He is, he is, he is horned up. He's horned up. Um, so later, Grammy, mummy, comes into Will's room. And they have a really cute moment and like a cute conversation about dating and stalking. (laughs) Mm-hmm. she's like don't lose faith chase after this girl and he's like uh grammy that's stalking i can't do right. that then she says do not lose faith what is meant for you won't pass you by and he says um yeah i'm gonna make sure of that and i'm gonna land me some kate so like whatever she says to him he- puts in it in it his brain that this is his destiny so whatever's meant for you will come to you that's a great sentiment um <laughs> What about For Charles and Camilla? Guys. <laughs> what about Charles and Camilla? Yeah. Granny? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go on. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned. Little Miss Recap will be right back after these words. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, Um, so now we're at Kate's house. Mm -hmm. Kate brings home this floppy-haired poet. His name is (laughs) Rupert. He's everything 20-year-old Amy would have wanted. 
British he's, a poet. Floppy. He probably plays guitar. Oh, of course him. he does. He's charming the pants off her family. Everyone loves Rupert. Rupert is the hit. And everyone except mom. Mom's not, mom's having, not having it. He's not William. Uh-uh. Mom is watching as Kate walks Rupert out and they have a fight. She comes in and she and Kate have this big fight. And Kate's like, you wanted me to go to St. Andrews after a gap year. Hmm. You wanted me to scrub toilets in Botswana. Hmm. Hmm. You wanted me, I don't know, doing something in Chile. Hmm. Exactly like William. And mom basically says, I think you're special and I think you are worthy of marrying a prince. Again, mom, why weren't you saying these things to me? Well, because you had Tommy Lee on your wall. (laughs) There's part of me that would still marry Tommy Lee. (laughs) You give me one Gen X woman that would not bang Tommy Lee. (laughs) You? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Guys, come at me, please. Would you or would you not throw Tommy Lee a bang? If, if. If you know all other circumstances removed, you're not right. married. You don't you have can do whatever problems. you want. You're a free agent. Yes, yes. yes. I wouldn't even Amy need- bang Team Amanda. Hard pass. I wouldn't even need a glass of wine, not one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. I might need 17 bottles of water though to watch <laughs> that sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Kate is like, what about what I want? And mom says, look, if you like Finchy, that's another thing. He has a great nickname. Right. I want to read Finchy's poetry. It's probably mm. great. I bet his I bet his name is Rupert Finch. Oh. She's like, if I need to find him. <laughs> Amy needs to find him. Amy needs to find him. So mom says. If you want to be with Finchy, then be with him. But if you're going with Finchy because you're trying to make a point to me, don't do it. And then she goes, BT Dubs, I heard William's miserable and wants to leave uni. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it, see, this just bugs me how calculated this feels. I agree. It's weird. So now we're at Windsor. And Margaret, okay, Margaret is playing a Christmas waltz. And it's absolutely one of my favorite Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Do you love it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, original is sung originally by Frank Sinatra, who had it written for him. But Doris Day has an amazing version. That's the one we're most familiar with. And that was used in an episode of Mad Men when Joan and Don danced. Yes. 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 And they flirted, but they yes. flirted in such a respectful way because Don would never have gone there. Yes. Because he had too yes. much respect for her. Did he, though? I think he, he had hurt respect her. for Joan. He hurt her. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. think he had respect for her. Okay. So outside, Harry and William have a chat. And Harry basically says, look, I'm the fuck up of this family. I'm passing out condoms. I'm bartending. I'm telling the press to fuck off. I've got a lot going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's only room for one of us, and I am taking that role here. So I'm going to need you to get it together, please. Thank yeah, you very he's much. like, you need to keep it straight. He's like, <laughs> Pa found weed on me. Now I'm going to a treatment center. Like I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, typical little Sib is having a complete breakdown, and Big Sib is like, I'm living my best life. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. 
come we now go to rehab. <laughs> so the episode ends with William lying in bed and Kate texting him on his burner phone, telling him, please do. And it's one of those Nokias that he's got mm-hmm. like scroll through. <laughs> and it's like, please do not leave uni. And there's like an X and an O or a heart or something. And mm-hmm. it says Kate. That's how it ends. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Wow, I did that in 20 minutes. <laughs> that went really fast. <laughs> we don't usually do these quite so quickly. Okay. But also so not a lot happened. Not a lot happened. But I wanted to talk about Meg Bellamy, who plays Kate. Okay. Let's talk about Meg Bellamy. She's beautiful. She's Oops. beautiful, but she's not a good actress. No, she's not a great actress. At <laughs> I'm all. like, who is this person? Because I don't think she's a great actress. She's good. Yeah. But is she crown good? No. Or is she suits good? Do you know what I'm saying? There's a difference. I know what you're okay. saying. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I looked her up and apparently this is her first role. Holy shit. She was working at Legoland when she was chosen to play Britain's future queen in the Netflix series. Legoland? <laughs> she was working at Legoland? Yes. Yes. Isn't that weird? So, like, my instincts were right. I'm like, she is not matching the level of acting in the Mm -mm. rest of this series. She's not a trained actor. Mm -mm. No, something's happening. So that's the dish on her. Now, for my little deep dive, I just did, did Kate really meet Princess Diana on that street? Ah, okay. So by all accounts, I'm going to open this People magazine because I have a note here to myself. Please read the weird quote from William in this article. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this is from, how do you say, People, People People. magazine. Mm -hmm. La People. 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 This is from People magazine. It's, did Kate Middleton really meet Princess Diana fact-checking that scene in The Crown? So, all right, here's what we have. In episode seven, Alma Mater, a flashback takes viewers back to December 1996 before her death. In the scene, Diana is selling The Big Issue magazine for charity alongside her son, Princess William. A young Kate and her mother, Carol Middleton, are holiday dress shopping and they run into each other. Okay, so how accurate is it? Despite what is portrayed in The Crown, Princess Kate sadly never had a chance to meet her mother-in-law. This is Mm. something both Kate and William have spoken about. Following his 2011 royal wedding to Kate, William recalled how his mother's absence from his special day was very difficult. Okay, so so she never met her, okay? Despite her absence, William noted that his mother would have loved the day, adding, I think hopefully she'd be very proud. I'm very sad that she never had a chance to meet Kate. Mm-hmm. Years later, Princess Kate also reflected on never getting to meet Princess Diana. She talked about their shared engagement ring. Now I want right. to talk to you about this. Okay. It just goes on to say she never had it resized. Okay. Okay. How do you feel about this ring in particular being given to Kate, considering Charles and Diana's relationship? I, I I don't have a problem with it because I think it's not so much about their relationship so much as it was his mother's ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And, okay, and that's fair. And it's certainly common. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. Your but your parents... Um, I think it was much more about the fact that he wanted to give Kate something of his mother's versus this is some symbol of my parents who. Like, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Your parents divorced. My parents divorced. How would you feel about 
your mother giving you her wedding ring, her diamond from your father, if she had well, one. She never got one. Okay. She never got my one. mom so, didn't have one either. So, <laughs> well, my dad actually got my mom a bracelet as an mm-hmm. engagement gift. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's this gold bracelet with this etching on it and it has her initials on it. Yeah. Um, I actually have it now. I wore it at my, I actually wore it at all three of my weddings mm-hmm. um, just because I wanted to have that piece of, of her and them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting. Like, I can't remember. I can't imagine my parents married. That's just, it's so but that strange in a way, so but in a way that plays out differently for you because you also don't remember right the bad right. of their marriage. Right. right. No, that's interesting. So I, I think I don't really think much about their marriage other than they had me and they were both super psyched about that. Right. So right. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. What about you? My you got your my. No, my mom was 17. My dad was 19 when they got married. So they had no diamond ring. Sure. But um, so I never had any. I never had to make that decision. But I will tell you that both of my grandmothers have given me their diamonds. Okay. And my dad's mother had a horrible marriage. That's the one where he had two families. We oh, had yes. two funerals. Okay? Right. Right. Her, her, her ring was nice. I mean, it was both the diamonds were very tiny. Okay. We just yeah. don't have a lot of money in my family. Um. And I lost her ring. Oh. And like, how do you tell your dad that you lost his dead mother's engagement ring that he gave you? You don't. And my dad was just like, okay, all right, let's move on. Okay. I know that I wore it to the hospital when I was having the girls. Ah, Because I went unexpectedly from a doctor's appointment. Right. So I know I had it on. I know I took it off because I was going in in surgery. You have to take all your jewelry off. Never got it back. Don't know where it is. Oh, wow. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I have my Graham's ring, which I love and I treasure. It's a speck of a diamond, a sp- okay. literally a little tiny speck. Um, and that, I think, means a lot to me, and I would pass that down to my girls. I don't have my own diamond ring either. Okay. again, poor. Right. Um. So, yeah. That's – I don't know. But I'm, like, weird about rings that are associated with really bad marriages. Hmm. Interesting. I have my grandfather's wedding ring. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. My dad gave it to me. I don't know when he gave it to me. Hmm. But um, I actually asked Todd if he would want to wear it mm-hmm. as his wedding ring. But it just really wasn't his style. So. Yeah. My mom has her father's. Mm-hmm. Gramps. My grandpa's. Yeah. I occasionally wear it as a thumb ring because it fits my thumb. Is it gold? Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. It's gold. Yeah. So is my grandfather's. Yeah. So that's been wedding ring corner. Right. So there's that. And I don't have a diamond for my marriage. I have a sapphire, but it's a lab made yeah. sapphire. Stephanie has something different too. I forget what she has. It's I not a diamond. a diamond. Yeah. I, I wanted something lab created on purpose. A, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. And B, I didn't it's want better. small children to die yeah. in the mm-hmm. making of something pretty for me. This is I pretty. have, Timmy and I, when we found out we were getting married, we went to Zales. We and found we, out we were getting married. <laughs> we put. That's literally what happened. I know. We went to Zales and we put two like $50 wedding bands on a credit card. (laughs) Right. I still have that wedding band and I love it so much. And since I got my tattoo, I don't wear it. And it Mm. bothers me that I don't wear it because I loved it. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to incorporate it, I think, again. I just don't know how. What what if you wore it on your right hand? Yeah, I'm thinking of wearing it on a different hand. Yeah. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, now, Timmy's mom has a nice diamond. Does she? That I'm sure she'll pass down to one of the grandkids or something eventually. Um, yeah. 
that her that his father bought her. They were married 60 years. He got it for her, I want to say, like, on their 25th anniversary. Okay. So, again, poor, didn't have it from the beginning. Right, but, but later yeah. in life when yeah. he had it, he, he yeah. did something. Yep. Are your girls the oldest grandchildren of Timmy's parents? No. No? Okay. Mm-mm. They're almost the youngest. Oh, wow. She has, okay. She has 10 grandchildren and three are younger than my girls. Okay. Is Timmy the old? I was in my brain. Timmy's the baby. Timmy's, oh, I always thought Timmy was the oldest in my brain, which is no. why I thought then. No. He has a brother and sister who are 13 and 11 years older than him and his twin. Oh, wow. Okay. Second family sitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. Got I mean, it. same parents, but it was like, right. oops, oops. Second family. <laughs> now we're doing this all again. Guys, come at us and tell us, like, do you believe in the weird energy around wedding rings from people who've been divorced? Or do you yeah. think it's more of a representation of the person? You know, I like that idea. Yeah, I think for I, that's how I see it. And, you know, I I love my mom's engagement bracelet because it's it's the symbol it's of, of her. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to say my parents were married 25 years. And like I've said many times on this podcast, they did not have a very you know contentious divorce at all mm-hmm. they just weren't um, happy if she had if my mother had given me a diamond i probably would have worn it yeah like i would have yeah. taken it she just didn't have one so your mother remarried and divorced correct yes now she has the ring from that wedding i'm like no thanks yeah no no because that's nothing to do with you yeah but did um your mother's second husband have to figure out if your father was a good man <laughs> Cody Brown style. Cody Brown style. <laughs> yes. Yes. In order for sure. yeah, in order for her to justify leaving, you know, <laughs> you leaving. had to make sure she didn't leave a good man. That's right. You can't leave a good man because why would mm-hmm. anyone leave a good man? What does mm-hmm. that say about you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Fucking Amanda. idiots. He's fucking idiots. All right, guys. If you haven't already, check out our Facebook group, Backdoor Friends. Find us on Instagram. We're building a little presence there. Very Yay. excited. I've been putting a lot of Canva hours into this. <laughs> I love it. And uh, yeah, share the share the podcast. Leave us a review. We like to hear from all of you. And uh, that's it. That's all I got to say. That's it. Next episode is a great one. That's the one about Margaret. So we'll have a lot to talk about. There. I'm going to cry. Okay, that's fine. I, I have I to do the notes so it. you won't cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can cry. I I won't get because I have cold, dead heart, so I won't cry. But I'll get us through it. I cried watching it, and I'm probably gonna have to say something nice about my sister. It's okay. So brace yourselves, guys. It's coming. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. All right, everyone. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.